Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, uh, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10, for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to Fine Dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. This is a HeadGum Podcast. This episode of High and Mighty is brought to you by Squarespace. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code MIGHTY at checkout to get an additional 10% off. In addition to what? In addition to the great savings you're already getting because... Squarespace is not expensive. It's $8 a month and you get a free domain. You've signed up for a year. I know when I was hiring a personal assistant slash, you know, like, confidant, I looked at a lot of personal websites and personal resumes. And I'll tell you what, man, those websites that look good really got to step over the angelfire.com backslash Lord of the Sith or whatever. With Squarespace, you can get professionally designed sites with no skill level, no coding. It's easy to use, state-of-the-art technology, security, stability, all that stuff. It's only 8 bucks a month, free domain if you sign up for a year. So start your free trial today. No credit card required. You could just be a creepo without credit. Squarespace.com. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code shows my offer code, which is MIGHTY, to get 10% off your first purchase. I almost just said the thing that's in parentheses. Just make sure to use the offer code MIGHTY and get 10% off. Squarespace. Build it beautiful. (laughs) What's up, (laughs) shitheads? Welcome to another episode of High and Mighty. Today we're talking about poker and gambling in general. We haven't hit every single vice on this show yet, so we're getting to another one of mine. And to talk about that with me are friends and gamblers. I want to say degenerates, but that doesn't speak to you guys that much. I got Sean Clements and Dominic Durkis. Hi. Hi, guys. What's up? Uh, <laughs> I've definitely, I've exhibited degenerate gambling behavior before. Oh, but yeah, I, I mean, I've I, seen I wouldn't it. <laughs> say I am a degenerate gambler because I just... I, that that feels too right. This is the way I, that you're, you're talking about gambling. The way I talk about drinking, it's like, <clears throat> okay. oh yeah, I don't. I can go a couple of weeks without having a drink, sure. but then one night I will have half a bottle of vodka and take my shirt off at mm-hmm. like a yes. If I really indulge party. that habit, it gets dark. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always under control. <laughs> We're well aware of that. Just so you guys know, Sean is standing in the corner of the room in a suit <laughs> with a music stand with typed out notes about what he wants to talk about on this. Yeah, episode. if you're going to give a speech at some point, that's I mean just. Just let us know and we can kind of behind a bulletproof lectern <laughs> um so 
when we're talking about gambling, what are we what are we talking about here? Are we talking about casino? Ga- what do we talk about when we talk about gambling? <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's good. The title have you guys your, defined that- <laughs> the term broadly for people yet? Like, have you gotten real general about just what is gambling? What is gambling? I actually just you guys are noticing this now. I have no idea how to host a podcast. Uh, so, <laughs> what is gambling? I have just three notes, and it says, "What is gambling?" Dom and Sean. <laughs> mm. uh, so when when we say gambling, a lot of people like do you guys bet on sports? I have bet on sports. Yeah, I mean, uh, Sean's more. Yeah, mostly my when I say gambling, I'm talking about poker or like table games at a yeah, casino. like roulette or blackjack. Is right, pretty much. Those are the three things. Although I will play sports bets, but mostly like socially, not really. I don't. I, I'm a total loser in sports bets. <laughs> I mean, everyone is. Sure. Like, yeah. Uh, we have a we have a little bit of a gap, but we can't. Table games are not as accessible as a house poker game or sure. sports bets with online stuff right mm-hmm. right and do you bet do you bet sports online um i don't do it online at one point i had access to a bookie out here and i was placing um bets on nba games every day <laughs> it was a bad idea uh i think like the first day i won and i was like i'm good at this uh but that that there's so many of those games that what you don't realize until you start doing it is like teams just take games off right <laughs> like they just totally show like a far superior team shows up and they just don't play because they're like we don't You're, have to win this game no they're we like a hundred more to play we'll sort it out at yeah the they're like we need to win like 48 of them and like so like and so <laughs> why win 60 if 48 yeah. gets you into the playoffs exactly so that was happening uh is that called like minimum dose response that's like that's like what it's called for like drugs and like the least amount of work you could do to maximize like whereas like uh it's like one to one reaction once it gets to be one to point nine you like stop off there right does that make i don't think i, I don't know of sense i don't know what you're saying quite <laughs> me, hold on me neither let me just see if the I can... numbers got confusing <laughs> yeah, for me. No, i know as i said it i was like what am i talking about <laughs> here's the sports betting i really love to do um win totals for teams like over under winter like for there season? was a yeah for the season so for like nfl i would place like whatever like i i bet on like the over under like you know uh the chiefs are gonna win more than eight games right, and right, right. the patriots are gonna win more than 12 or whatever and i would just place those over under bets and i got really really into that because then the whole season you like want something to happen every week and right. it's very and, fun and you don't have to like watch the game like uh you don't have to watch the game and be like please score another uh, touchdown you can watch the game and like yeah no like, point spread matters win. nothing yeah. is just like i just hope overall that there's not some devastating injury or right, something right. exactly yeah uh and that was really fun and i've done much better with that i if i get to the if i get to vegas over the summer before football season starts i always lay a bet for the giants to win the super bowl Mm-hmm. I put like 50 or 100 bucks down for like, you know, it's like 18 to 1 or something like that to try to. I put a bet on when we were in Vegas. I put a bet f- on the Grizzlies to win the NBA championship <laughs> just because you just see the odds and you're like, well, I'd put 100 bucks on <laughs> right, that right. or something. And, and it, it, you look at it like it's an not investment. happen, but. Yeah, I that... do. Uh, this is going to sound like a degenerate thing, real quick. I do look at like. If I go to Vegas on a Friday, I'm there all weekend. I'll put sports bets in on sun for Sunday games, 
on Friday afternoon, and that counts as like an investment. It like takes three hundred dollars out of my hand that right. I can't gamble with for the it's weekend. It's almost an escrow in your mind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like it's <laughs> like it's like turning to my wife and saying, "Here, either take take this and in two days rip it up, or hand me back more." <laughs> yes, it's very it's very cool that you at the moment that you put the money down for the bet, you don't think of it as gambling yet. <laughs> yeah, it's because exactly. the game hasn't happened. <laughs> it's just, you haven't gambled that money. It's just the casino has it. Hey, before the game starts, can I have that back? <laughs> <laughs> no, sir. That is not how that works. So do you like sitting in the sports book and watching games that you've bet on? Uh, yeah, sometimes. Uh, did you? I just unplugged my microphone. Do you still have me, Why'd Chris? you do that? You're a difference. Okay, cool. I've been recording your voice at all. <laughs> I just did it really kind of for the first time this past weekend. I bet a bunch of football games on Sunday. And then I was realizing that everywhere I sat, I had the opposite bed of the people next to me, and it was making me fucking nuts. That's upsetting. That, like, every time something bad happened for me, people would be like, yeah! <laughs> and I was like, I hate these people. It's really not fair. But yeah, and I, it's and it's a little different when it's money. And if it, like if you're at a a bar on a Sunday and you have on a Giants jersey and there's like five guys wearing Bills jerseys and you're like, all right, fun rivalry. But the second so and then you can't cheer if you have fifty dollars and the other person has a thousand. There's like that moment where you're like, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah, and I was just sitting there with my new wife. Next to a bunch of like Bengals fans who were smoking cigarettes like <laughs> in our space. We're sitting in these little like student desk chairs or whatever. That's the thing. The sports book is a sad situation. It was rough. And I was like, Golf I can't believe I'm subjecting her to this. And also that like I'm losing money. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and we're just watching it happen. Like the casino is to the sportsbook area as going to a racetrack is to the OTB. Like, yeah, that's it's like right. The people Whoa. in the sportsbook who are watching sports or playing, if they're like, sometimes there's a table full of dudes who are just watching Sunday football and have some bets, and you can get some free drinks if you prove you have bets out or whatever. But I'd much rather go to a, like a sports bar and watch a game once I have money on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a sad. It, when I play poker at Hollywood Park, and there's because they have the like all the racetrack betting there. Like that's the saddest scene is like dudes just watching horse races getting upset. Like that you started shit bumps a sentence with when I play poker at Hollywood Park and ended with the other thing happening is very sad. <laughs> yes, yes. Hollywood Park in general is very depressing. The most depressing place. It's really only when I when it's like when it's if I have to like drop my girlfriend off at the airport at like. Name one drop. on a Sunday I'm like <laughs> at 7am at 7am on a Sunday I'm like great I'm going to drop have, her off and then go play she's not going to be back for 72 hours I have, my, I have all the time in the world yeah. so, I one time showed up at Hollywood Park I had to drop I dropped uh, someone off I won't say my wife again because Rob I don't want to get um, but uh, <laughs> and it was like whatever their flight was at like 5 a.m. and then I went to Hollywood Park and I had to wait like an hour and a half for there to be enough people for a poker game to start. (laughs) There was nobody at the tables and I just like was watching TV in Hollywood Park for a while and I was like, this is the grossest thing I've ever done. (laughs) All right, so this is a good good segue. So uh, from sports betting to poker. Now, I played poker like in high school and then in college because it was like around the time of Moneymaker was college. So we were all on like online poker and doing that shit. But you guys are like legit poker players. Like you play in a, uh, you play in house games and you enter in tournaments, not in Las Vegas. You enter in, uh, 
Are they called Indian casinos in LA? No, they're card rooms. They're card rooms? Yeah, because they don't mm-hmm. have other... I mean, they have like a weird modified blackjack, like at the Commerce and the Bicycle. And right, so they're not There's real, like four or five. It's mostly like a, just a poker house. It's I, Most of their business is poker. And then, but then Pie Gal, too. They have like all those like table games that I just... I'm terrified. <laughs> there's, there's no house at these casinos. Right. Like at Indian casinos or at Vegas, there's like the house can bet against you and win. Right. But here, they're just taking a rake out of the pot. So they're basically taking a portion of every amount that gets bet that you're renting so that, the that makes it the table from between, them in a way. Yeah, yeah. yeah so just, that's why Commerce has like uh, as many tables as they can cram in there because it's just like, and they're just trying to deal hands as fast so as like they can. So like Blackjack's weird there because there's no dealer, like a person represents the dealer. You know no, what I mean? Weird. There's like a yeah. dealer button that moves around or like there's a player that is like, but but they don't the money they're winning is the house they don't get because oh, it's so, uh, it's like a total loophole it's like total bullshit that they can do blackjack right it's like why not just it. throw a craps table in here like yes yeah, at or, what point yeah. are we like actually just it's a casino down there but it's so uh, for the people who maybe live out of uh, California or live in California and don't frequent these kind of like film noir places we're discussing but so you've said commerce you've said Hollywood Park and did someone say Morongo too or did uh, I make that I've up? never no been to Morongo said Morongo I haven't been there. <laughs> <laughs> but I I hear it's nice. I hear oh it's yes, I don't want to be caught bad mouthing. You have played Morongo. at the Hustler Casino. I've played uh, the I've. <laughs> oh god! I can <laughs> list the casinos I've played at in Los Angeles, but it's going to be like five or six. All right, that's it's fine. The Let's Commerce, go. the Hollywood Park, the Bicycle Casino, the Hustler Casino. I went and played at Wine Gardens, and there's one I'm forget, but maybe that might be it. So that's five. So and what, there's a couple more. What what's the scene like in these places? It varies. I mean, Hawaiian Gardens is like probably the scariest one I play like it's the most like because all these other card rooms it's like no one's like standing up and shit like at Hawaiian Gardens I saw a guy like stand up and like throw chips at another guy and was just like screaming at him and then he sat back down and got to keep playing and it's like in all the other card rooms like that guy gets ejected but Hawaiian Gardens is like a little shadier and where where is that it's farther south on the five and then you get on the 605 and then it's in Hawaiian Gardens (laughs) they had a really good tournament that I played in I never played in their cash game or I played in one cash game after I got after I busted out of a tournament but it's never my destination. You just go there if there happens to be a tournament. There's a good tournament that they do, but I'm just never able to get down there for it. But when I was like single and just playing cards all the time and like in between, like had a few weeks to just, I just played a bunch. I just bounced around and played all these different tournaments. Oh, that's because some of them are very good values. (laughs) But (laughs) I love, I love it, Tom. You're like rounders sans edge, (laughs) but I never, yeah, yes, there's no edge to it. You're like rounders, but you're not getting a sketchy, you know, you know, like if you guys, if, if you don't know what Dom looks like, just Google him right now and just imagine this dude being like in an Ed Norton type situation. <laughs> what? When did you get into poker? When did you guys get into? Was poker your entrance into gambling? Um, actually, so I played cards a lot in high school growing up, and the game that we played in my high school constantly was this game called Setback, or some people call it Pitch. Um, I've played pitch. It's almost like like spades or whatever, but you only get dealt six cards and you're like bidding. But that was like a partner game that we would play and you played buck a point, double negatives because you can go into a negative score. So however many you won by, if the other team was in negatives, they had to pay, you know, double for every point they were negative. Ah. And um, we played that like all day, every day. I was on the tennis team in high school and on every bus like two and away match and back we were just playing these partner games of setback and uh 
did well like that was like my that was your money foray. that was like my pocket money in high school was like playing <laughs> setback and then we also all went and saw rounders when it came out and then like we started playing poker too um we had played like some small poker games but that was when we started playing like texas hold'em and really learning a little bit more about that um and got yeah pretty into it back then and i'd always played cards like my family just plays cards right a lot, that's what i'm gonna ask next because my my mom is a big time gambler. My dad was, my mom and dad went to Atlantic city once or twice a month, my whole childhood uh, without us. And my grandpa went to Atlantic city, even when he, he was a widow, a widower. And even when he would go by himself on the bus in like his seventies, like my, I have like, so that's, I'm the third generation of someone who went to Atlantic city way too often while living in New York. Yeah. My family didn't gamble at all. I mean, my parents were like, my dad went to Vegas once on like a business thing and like put five dollars on a red or black or something and then got like a poker chip and like brought it home <laughs> to be like this is the poker chip like he was it's just like how silly it was that he like gambled and whatever and then so I, there was just this poker but I mean that's like they just never did yeah I came from, I came from a long line of gamblers and I, we and then in high school what we played in junior high and high school we played AC Ducey which was like our Entry oh, level yeah. scumbag, like that's where you flip over to, sure. yeah, yeah. And then if you post, you double the pot, like that kind of awful garbage. Um, we played that, and we played CeeLo, the dice game, right? <laughs> uh, way like we played. I still play that, like every once in a while when we're all fucked up in New York, we like bust out CeeLo dice and play dollar rolls. Uh, that's <laughs> and so cool. like I, I was primed for game. I'm primed for every vice, like everything. Every, <laughs> every time I find a vice, I'm like, I really like this one. So I, I refuse to try cocaine. I'm so, so sure. <laughs> which yeah. is okay if you're 33 years Dude, old and overweight. <laughs> John, come on, buddy. It's a whole other door that's open to you. Yeah, you know, I'm just not positive if that's the move I need to make right Dude, now. Dude, I'm right. Close the door. We're doing cocaine right now, man. All right. Yo, let's say, let's say that for a whole nother episode. <laughs> All right. We're doing a coke episode. Promise me right now. Hey, it's five and a half hours long. <laughs> um, I, my parents didn't really gamble, but my grandfather was like uh, in a weekly poker game for a lot of his life. And then my cousin actually became a professional poker player briefly. Uh, and he was like the black sheep of the family. And one cool thing is every Christmas he would give everyone a bunch of scratch off tickets, like with whatever, uh, like with a card. And then he would collect all the losers because and they were a tax write off. Yeah. Tax write off. My brother had to do that when he, he won like $5,000 playing, uh, What's the stupid New York lottery in a bar game? Uh, quick draw. You know where the ball like bounces around okay. and like uh-huh. some only sketchy like New York bars have it. He won like five G's and he had to collect a bunch of freaking uh, scratch offs to prove like I also lost a bunch of money this oh, year. Oh yeah, my yeah, my cousin was like uh, went to Princeton and was like studied to be like a molecular biologist or something, <laughs> and then was just fucking living in Vegas and playing cards for a living and his parents were so mad of course <laughs> and i was like mm, this is cool <laughs> i have a cousin named cousin bruce who I'd, i never knew growing up but he same thing i probably shouldn't even be name dropping about this but he went to like john jay college to be a lawyer and then just became a poker player like and bartender instead that's yeah. cool <laughs> see i love it we're rom- romanticizing those stories from a parent's point of view and maybe if your friend was doing that now you'd be like dude just finish your degree or whatever but right but at the time that's fucking cool Yes. No, I feel very glad that I like found that I like got into playing poker after I like had a job and was like busy like like just <laughs> yeah. my life necessitated that I not spend all my time playing or else I might have like mind fucked myself into being like I'm going to play and it's just like miserable. 
Right, because like, like you could living. arguably make a living playing poker. Maybe but it would be like. But you can also just be good. Even if you're good, you can just get unlucky and then just lose all your money, and it happens all the time. Yeah, you would need like an insane bit of self control to be a professional, right? Like you would well, have to like be like bankroll management. There's like there's like these formulas for how how much what stakes you should be gambling based on how much money is in your total gambling bankroll. And people and like I love, professional I, poker I love players conversations use that to guide like them. this. Yeah. yeah. Well, Dom got like you didn't ever you never played poker before like 2010, right? Yeah, well, I had pl- like I played cards when I was like a kid, but like rummy and stuff like that. And I had watched. I remember watching poker on TV and thinking it was like cool, like the whole moneymaker thing. Yeah. And then there was like a month in New York where like someone had like a Texas Hold'em PlayStation game or something that came free <laughs> with something, and so we like played on that. So I like knew how to play, but I never. When these guys, when I worked on Alan Gregory, which uh, we Sean had this job and, where we had so much downtime that we started playing poker tournaments in the room, and like and there happened to be a bunch of poker players that yeah, everybody who it's worked why there I basically started, like, like being to play. like, well, I want to play in these games. I'm gonna like start playing more because it was just something that literally everyone in the office was doing and i was like i know how to play enough to sit down at a game and <laughs> right. play and then and it's, just like, started... yeah, it's like you don't want to just like all right well i'm gonna go to my desk and play flash games like dom and i did at one of our yeah <laughs> yeah and be like a weird loner well the, also the thing i realized as i played longer and like was like reading books about poker and stuff after you know as the as the job progressed i like realized later on how good most of the people at that job are like everyone is a very solid player and so i was like frustrated early on learning because it was like i was just losing every time i would go and play i was like and you just didn't realize you were playing against people you're like poker's hard you're like oh i happen to be playing against well i knew i was playing against good players but it wasn't until i was like you know it wasn't until i was like have played i've actually played with more players now and in the scheme of things it was a lot of like you know very solid players comparatively i could have if i were it's like learning to play basketball with like really and then like going to play a pickup game and you're like oh okay (laughs) well i just felt like in learning to hang with those guys i learned how to play better than a lot of people that i wasn't even playing against because i it was just the level of that game was higher poker like and i can't believe you didn't get into poker earlier because based on like your personality and your skill sets like right. poker's in your poker's in your wheelhouse of like stoicism in, combi- <laughs> in combination with like probability and quick math and reading people like are three things that yeah are in your strengths and like the just the fact when you were like once i started playing poker and I learned the rules and read the books i'm like this is the most dirkest way i've seen you get addicted to uh yeah. like uh, brazilian jiu-jitsu yeah, samba yeah, 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 yeah. where you get into something and you just can like laser focus i mean you <laughs> did it with comedy writing and uh, stand up and all this shit over the years but i've seen you get like into a hobby and just like i am going to master this <laughs> and poker well, especially <laughs> if i feel like there's any kind of aptitude for it i'm like i'm like oh okay cool like if i'm like I really bad at something it, yeah. then i just immediately get frustrated and stop paying it and i'm like that's ah, st- stupid I it was interesting this. to watch dom like because he just got his ass kicked for like the first like two months that we played yeah, if I and won, then i must have been winning like hitting draws or something all of a sudden he just like went and this like deep dive of studying it and then the next thing i know he's like making algorithms on his computer to optimize tournament strategy and just <laughs> i was just like oh okay now you know so much more about this than i and i've been playing my whole life and this dude who I like that sounds like Dom just like watch learn how to play is <laughs> <laughs> suddenly like winning tournaments every. I was like, oh shit, okay. <laughs> That's made it not fun anymore. Uh, I, I've recently started playing poker with you guys, and yeah, you I, played in that game. I play. I play in the game with these aforementioned uh, 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 heavy hitters, 
And I'm ter- I'm truly terrible at poker. <laughs> I don't think you're I, as bad as you think you are. I, I think enjoy you know the social aspects. I, I, and I know I know where I'm at. I know what I can do. And I could play. T- I just can't bring myself to play tight and enjoy myself. Yeah. So you, I just go and go like, this is a $200 night of drinking Perrier's. <laughs> early in the <laughs> like, night when you played, early in the night, I you made some big bet on a river. You bet like 40 into $60 or something yeah. on a river where I don't even remember what the hand was really. And the other person folded. And I thought for sure you had whatever hand you were representing and you showed a bluff and I was like oh I wouldn't have guessed Gabrus was going to play like that and then it's like the boredom makes sense where you just, <laughs> yeah, you just I go get, like well I have to I yeah. could only play table games of poker when I was uh, mm-hmm. coming up with like all my friends when everyone got into it I could only play uh, poker at houses if they had a TV on yeah I could only play well if I could just sit out a hand and just like focus on something else or else I get sh- that's why I, I like to gamble I don't like poker is a skill, see, yeah. Yeah, see, that's I like to I roll like, dice. Yeah. I like to play craps. That's what I can have the most fun at a casino sure. is playing craps. Yeah, yeah, people who are like online pros, like low level online pros, I feel like it is what you're talking about where it's pure discipline, where they just like only play the mathematically correct right, and thing at every point and just grind, just little tiny incrementally like climbing up, climbing right. up. Which and you can do online if you have another tab open. Well, because yeah, it's also it's like volume. You can, play, you can play like $1 and $2 blinds and you can have eight tables open and if you make you know two big blinds per hour per like table you play then it's like you're just mul- you're just able to multiply it and play like 10% of hands and right. not get bored but I was right, playing yeah, live only I mean I play I've ca- I bought into some of these on I played online a little bit I, and it's just like there's nowhere legal to do it really I mean you're not you can go on Bovada or whatever but there's nowhere where I felt like my money wasn't you know it, any day I was gonna wake up to an email like sorry you lost that 500 bucks or whatever I played online poker for a while too, uh, like All Star Poker or Poker All Stars or something. Poker like. Stars, yeah, Poker Stars and uh, Full Tilt, mm-hmm. and it was just one of those things where it's so easy to get your deposit in, but then when you're like, actually, you can only take out exact multiples of twenty five over. You know, they're like, there's like all these loopholes, and like, fuck, dude, you just well, make it. You could fine. See- I'll just gamble it, you know, and then all of a sudden it's gone. Oh, we don't have your money. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's also the one where it's like, would you want to double down on a blackjack hand? Like you could play like blackjack, and it's just like that's where you just like click. Until your money disappears. <laughs> well, with the, also with online poker, if you could, pl- I mean, the the amount of information that those guys have about you as a player when they're playing against you, like, is really because they have these. If they, if you've played a hundred hands with them, then they sit there and they have like, this is the percentage of hands you've played. This is the percentage of pots you've entered without raising on the river. This is the percentage of times that you had bet, bet, yeah. You know, like they just have it. All the information is in the hand histories, and they just have these little. They heads have information up you don't even have about yourself. Yeah, they, <laughs> they see have, leaks they in your game that you aren't even really aware that you have a check folding range on the turn that you that's too big. You know, like you're just not even thinking about that. Well, I think I just read an article today talking about dudes breaking shit. FanDuel, like I think I read like they're getting like uh, there's some legal issues because like FanDuel guys are like winning five hundred thousand dollars on DraftKings and DraftKings employees are using yes, like algorithms right. to win on. Uh, and I'm like, oh, right. of course, th- that's the fucking that's the stock market to st- yeah put into cargo shorts and running sneakers. Yeah, like, the <laughs> DraftKings is. I'm scared of that. I, I it's so heavily advertised. I'm like, what what's the odds in two years? That's just not a thing that you can legally it, do it anymore. Feels like on, it feels like online poker. It well, feels online like poker those, players are going nuts over it. 
Why? They're like they're like online poker players. Like DraftKings, you guys got to do it because they're like sponsoring all this online poker stuff. So these guys are shilling so hard for it, uh, and it's so, they're it's, pumping it's so, so much into advertisement. I mean, yeah. their marketing money is insane. They must just be like, we have to hit this now because yeah, it's gonna go away. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like one of those things too, where like you can't have a commercial that I see fifty times during NFL games, which you know is a big media buy. You can't have commercial where they talk about we're giving out. million a week I'm like if you're giving out two and a half million dollars a week if that if that's a true statement you're making at least six million dollars a week like Mm -hmm. like, minimum and it's like so you're like and you're blowing all this money on advertising it's like they must be making fucking bank and it's sure. got to go past just the the little fee they take from and then their gambling. employees are like gambling with their like why knowledge wouldn't of you the... how would you not just have like a fake account where you could just be like i have so much in inside algos it's which the first I think thing I that anyone so think, would think to do do you guys be... do either of you read matthew barry's fantasy football column no do, oh this is good do you, do you play fantasy football i do play fantasy football and uh so he does a column and he always has like a long intro before he gives you like his loves and hates for the week. But he must have gotten a billion dollars from DraftKings. And so he just wrote this entire thing that was all about like DraftKings, a daily fantasy play to all these loyal readers who he's had for 10 oh. years. And he got fucking murdered for it. And then his whole next <laughs> column was just like him like whining about all the mean emails that he got. <laughs> just like everybody hated it. Like they really hated it. And okay, yes, I am a paid sponsor for it. It's like, yeah, no shit. Oh, what a <laughs> just dick. Like, what? But I think it's because it's because it's so good. I mean, it's not even that he's a dick. It just was so funny to see him just get slaughtered for it. So people just shit uh, all over him for shilling for it? Just or more everybody like they tried was tweeting at him just like, you fucking sell out. Like, I've been reading you for so long. Oh, and it's just like, such you just cashed in on like your fan base, which is just these people who play season-long fantasy who don't uh. want to hear about this DraftKings thing. And that was all he wrote about for a week. He's like, I think I found a compromise where, yes, I will mention daily fantasy plays because it's a fun way to do the game just like it's just so funny because it's always these long-winded intros and it was so clear that he's just like super butthurt about it it was really like gratifying to read i have like these meathead friends from the tri-state area that all work in business that i went to college with and they're like he was like bro they got guys on DraftKings using algos there's no way you can fucking compete with these guys and they're i'm like all right, what are you talking about? And he was saying like, did he the, really shorten algorithms to algos yeah they say that's good these bi- oh, wow i i, I I, I've never that. heard that. I'm going to say it forever. They were like, they, they got great. algos. They're using algos. <laughs> it's so funny to hear. And I'm like, what do you mean by that? They're like, they're building computer programs to win these drafts. Like the way like people build computer programs to like maximize making money, buying and selling stocks and shit, which goes to show you how little I know about investing. But they're doing that shit for fucking fantasy, for daily fantasy. Well, one one thing I heard mm. from one of the poker players I follow on Twitter was like tweeting some article about how like there's people who are trying to who are playing DraftKings like you know, who may not work for the company or have insider knowledge, but they just are like professionals basically in how they approach it and that for all there's these like one-on-one things where you can like like i can just square off against you all season or maybe right. week to week it you know i don't know exactly how it works but that the pros were just buying up one slot of all of those so that you could like so that basically any chump who's like buying like five dollar head to head i'll go against this guy this week you're going against a, <laughs> a pro who has, who's playing against a thousand five yeah playing a thousand five dollar games yes he's playing a thousand five dollar games the exact same way right as, you With know the as maximized much as it's like I'm gonna win if I win yeah. 400 of these, and he's just yeah. gambling on the fact that like you're not 
a professional like he is you're oh. just somebody who's and which is what you're talking about but it's like so you're just like why do i want to do that <laughs> it's such just a my bummer. ass handed to me such a it's bummer. like like online gaming whenever i would like play an xbox game and be like i'm getting pretty good at this i'm gonna play this ufc game online and you just get your ass handed to you i'm like there's no learning curve here there's there- just like people who are either quicker at this or they have a controller yeah or they, they've been playing like me. call of duty you, you get the game you play it two hours a night you're one month in, you're like, okay, I got 60 hours under my belt. I'll go on online. You go online. There's someone who's been playing 15 hours a day. Up yeah, who has like the map taped to their wall. Right, right, exactly. Like, who's played ju- Who's played only the level you're playing. They've played only that like the whole yeah. time. Like those guys, who, There's we keep saying guys, but it's a very male thing to just break. I had a friend like when we played Magic the Gathering coming up, uh, which I think is another reason why I'm into gambling because I love D and D, I love rolling dice, I love the and Magic the Gathering is like a like a, there's like a lot of crossover with poker players playing that too because it's such a like it's yeah. a very mathematical game. It's a mathematical game. It's like head to head, and it's a lot like what's this guy about to do? But we had a friend that played like Magic, and he also we played Star Wars, the customizable card game for a long time. Star Wars CCG shout out right there. Um, I'll do another episode. Send some free cards. <laughs> yeah. uh, give us uh, what's your address? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll give out my address on this. It is. Uh, um, but I had a friend who like built a Dagobah deck when the Dagobah expansion came out and found a way that he could just like take a point away, a hit point away from your character every round. It was like the most unfun way to do it, but like it was impossible to stop. And it was like one of those things where I'm like, oh, I don't want to play anymore. You yeah. like my friend JP. We always make fun of him. He breaks all the games. Like when we play, we play Diablo online. He's like, I've mastered the, the most amount of damage per second, and you're playing with him, and his character's like insanely juiced up, and you're like, this is not fun, Japers. No <laughs> yeah, but to the to guys who like to win, that's what they want to do, and that's why online poker, DraftKings, anything, even just like playing Call of Duty online or Warcraft, that shit sketches me out because people are just too good. Yeah, that's why I backed away from that online poker too. I was like, I'm, I think. I mean, I'm definitely losing because I'm playing too many hands and stuff. But there's just people who are sitting playing tight to like exploit it, and I'm just losing money. Right? There's a there's a guy who makes like five hundred dollars a month, pays his hundred dollar a month rent in Omaha or whatever, and just printing. You know, he just fuck you, Omaha. <laughs> take that, Omaha. I love Omaha. Your I do rent is too Omaha. cheap. I love all those poker variants. I, I like. I learned so many. <laughs> <We're> ta- <of> <laughs> We're talking about the city of Omaha. And I'm like Dom, I love ah. it. It's like I love all. <laughs> See, that's the degenerate. Omaha, Omaha doesn't mean the city. Oh wait, there's people who live in a place called Omaha. Fuck no. them. All I care about is no, Omaha. Four cards. <laughs> so let's let's talk a little bit about what what's everyone's favorite poker game. Because Texas Hold'em, okay, No Limit Hold'em. If we're is, excluding Texas Hold'em, just uh, just because. Well, is, if that's your favorite, just say. It's definitely the one I have the most experience with, and would be like, I'm the best at this right. game than I am at any other game. That's but the I don't, that's the skill game, right? They're all they all are. I mean, they all, they really all are. I mean, the, probably the least one is like some. Uh, no, they they really. When you add wilds, I feel like it's it, sure wild it adds games a big, are it adds wild a lot. games are crazy. Yeah, it adds a lot of luck. But I mean. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's even true. more luck than just, just uh, more Hold'em has because it's like the, a wild is so much more powerful of a card. Yeah, I mean way. you're still, I guess, you figuring out the math and the probability of like how many wilds are left right, and whatever it's still you even. can see some yeah. of them and, and depending on the game. But um, I really like, and people get very mad if you deal this game at the weekly game that we're in. Uh, I like Omaha High Low. And people don't want to play split pot games. I like that game. But it, it, and uh, I guess for people who don't know, like there's yeah, there's two winners at the end of the hand, like the low hand wins and the high hand. So if you have like, um, you know, whatever, uh, ace two, four, five, six, then you have the low hand, and if you have 
10 jack queen king ace then you have the high so the thing that i like about it is that almost any hand you get dealt just has so many possibilities for you right. like you're just like god yeah. i just see the cards and i go there's so many ways i could win with this <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and like and and all throughout the hand there's just like more and so it's a bad game because you wind up like making a worse investment so often because there's so many more variants going on that's why people people get upset about split pots at that game because they just go like we're playing a long hand where people are betting a lot of money where at the end of it you just pull the money back a lot of the time because if it's i'm playing heads up against you you have the high hand i have the low hand and we're just and we're like the pot and we're hollywood knit just like a couple of cowboys like all right I'm all in. It's like me too. And then it's like, well, just pull it back yeah, because exactly. we, we each take half of it. <laughs> I I don't hate the sound of that. The thing I hate about Omaha High Low is I don't fully understand the qualifier. Until you, I lost a lot of money playing that game, not knowing like certain aspects of it. Uh, when I just first started playing it, when all I had ever played was Hold'em, I would be like, oh, wait, I thought I had the, you know. I and, thought I had the low hand because yeah. I only have a pair of deuces or whatever. Yeah, and it's, and it's like, like, well, a pair makes it higher. And yeah, yeah. so and I'm like, wait, that. <laughs> killed me once or twice but now i feel like i do understand it and i do think it is just fun because i feel more engaged throughout the hand more often well that's why i like the wild games i personally like baseball because there's two wild cards and you know i like i like that there's chances for like crazy things to happen like yeah but if you don't get a wild within your first like four cards you're just out right and but I also like that about it because it I know when not to chase. I chase all too often in uh, in uh, Holdem. Yeah, I'll chase because I'm like I could if I just get if a, if I have three outs, let I can get. There's a chance because I like to gamble. Uh, when you play baseball, it's like I don't have any wild cards yet. I know I have to fold. It's like mm-hmm. there there's no way I might beat that guy. Like uh, Luis has two threes. I there's no way I can beat that. <laughs> yeah. The thing I don't like about baseball is that it's always two massive hands running into each other. Like all like a lot of the other poker games there can be like bluffing spots and stuff. Oh, and right. you can bluff in baseball and you see it sometimes, but it's really much more about like I feel like making your four of a kind it winds right, right. up like being you who just has kind of, the best if you hand. don't then you should fold and it's you know it's a stud game so you can see everyone's board right right so and it's like no it's sort like, of hard to out bluff someone when you have four kings you're like yeah you just go like you could have having you the have second best hand in baseball completely screws you yes yeah where like there's yeah. and i mean i get that's true and hold them i guess but if and all of you have the second best hand but it's only a pair of fours or whatever and the other guy has a straight then it's very easy to throw away but if you have four kings and the other person has four aces then it's like <laughs> you can never fold it even if you're like shit i uh, guess four kings is a tf yeah <laughs> that is a tight <laughs> fold <laughs> um so yeah that's just like it's easy to get totally screwed but like I guess yeah, when I play Omaha, almost any hand I get dealt, when I look at my cards, I don't have that feeling you get when you get dealt like a three nine and hold them. Yeah. You pick up your cards and you go like, Well, fuck me, better luck next time and you just throw it away. Right. And you just watch people play for a while. Yeah. At least in the very first moment, even if I don't wind up like being able to play the hand effectively. Right. I still just go like all right, maybe because a shit hand is possibly is also maybe. Yeah, a good you go hand. like, oh, well, yeah. maybe I'll make a low. Yeah, and then but then you that's when you get like the two fours, and you're like, well, this is neither. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like this sucks. I have that my hand is so sh- it's shitty, but not shitty enough to be winning shitty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess I hold my favorite game just because I've 
I've played it. Like, there's the most spots that I understand in it. Uh, but the I really like uh, I really like the draw games, like Deuce to Seven, or like like the low draw games. Like Raz is fun to me. Which one is that? Raz is where Ace to Five is the best hand, and it's a stud game, and you're trying to make the low hand. Oh, uh, and okay. so you know, Ace Deuce Three Four Five is the best hand, and then Ace Deuce Three Four Six is the next best hand, and so on. Oh, okay, cool. That oh, I see what you're saying. Just lowest numerical yeah. hand. Yeah, I love the way the poker night we play in is structured, where it is hold'em, and you play the right way for the first like three or four hours or whatever, and then it becomes wild games. So like right when you're kind of like bored or you can either go home yeah. or if you want to gamble you can stay and play crazy wild games and it just becomes wild games and they play like follow the queen and all these I, other games that just I are I love that you, we get both out of, I love that we get both out of this It's game. really nice. It's so much fun that cuz then it's like just when you're getting bored of Hold'em or even if you lost like $90 or 150 or two more playing Hold'em you're like I could probably win 100 back playing these crazy-ass fucking games. I can make it all back in one hand if I get dealt two queens and follow the queen. Right, like, exactly, yeah. yeah. And, it, and and I like that. And everyone's a little more... Everyone's a little looser just from time and the and the style of games. It when just, everyone's very, very fucked up. And yeah, when everyone's night, tired, everyone's drunk, like, or stoned, all of a sudden it's like, <laughs> let's change the rules of everything. <laughs> yeah, Up that, the stakes. <laughs> that's good. And that home game also stops me from ever going to Commerce or one of the other like local casinos. Not ever, but there was a period where I was going often to play cards at these card rooms, which gets pretty depressing. It's not the best environment. That's my major issue with casinos. I'm a diehard. Like, I went to Atlantic City all the time when I lived in New York, and I go to Vegas as often as I can living here in Los Angeles. I love the hardest part about gambling is being in a casino or the other people that are in casinos. Yeah. I've numbed myself to it. Yeah, you can just handle like a sitting next just, to a disgusting fucking I mean, guy if it's like gross, shorts, I, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I, I would be grossed out. But right. I mean, the guy who like falls asleep at the table doesn't, doesn't bum me out anymore. as much as he used to. <laughs> uh, like but, dudes, dudes. Or the who dude who you watched cash his welfare check in at the window just now. That and guy. Then that is, guy and then is like yeah. putting it all on one hand, oh, like that, that, at Hollywood Park. Like you're like, yeah, this sucks. It's upsetting yes. to be around after a while. I understand. And the need for like high table limits like not that I could ever fuck around at like a $50 minimum craps table or something like that or a $100 minimum black chip, but I understand why they exist now because that's the to. last guy you want to sit next to if you're putting fucking hundreds of dollars down you don't want to like see the guy that's like fucking putting his whole life on the line you're well, like, that's, oh. why I, that's why I started playing tournaments more like I start, I stopped play, I, I stopped going down to the casinos just to play cash games unless I just had a few hours to kill or for some random night or something <laughs> I love that exactly. I'm kidding I stopped. I, I stopped drinking completely, except like if it was nighttime and nobody was around, I would have. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, because with cash games, I never knew when to stand up. I would like go and I would be up or down or whatever. And right. Then, uh, and and I, like, I, you could always put another two hours in. You're like, yeah. I'll and I'd always winning. be yeah. like, what do I think is going to happen? All right, I'll just keep staying. I'm up three hundred bucks, and then you lose it. I mean, I would I would do that all the time. Yeah. Or and, even and if you win hundred dollars more, you're like, I've and... just been at a casino for three hours longer. Yeah. <laughs> Only up a hundred bucks. And so so I started playing tournaments because I did want to play a lot of hands but i also didn't want to like either lose a lot of money or know when to like in tournaments you know when to leave because you either busted out the tournament or you won the tournament right well that's i like tournaments too i've only played in like one or two i uh one uh i like uh one at a casino several like at like charity or table game like oh we're doing a big tournament i like tournaments too because it's like it's bummer to lose but you do get to leave 
Like that's like you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yes. I don't like them as much, or I don't like doing the ones at the casinos out here as much because they trap me. Where I go, like if I go to this thing at six o'clock, the best case scenario for me is that I'm still here at one a.m. Right, like, and I go like I and I don't know that I want to be or that I will want to be at that time, and so I'm much more hesitant. Like I have to like really know that my night is open i have nothing the next day right right, and right. then it's fun right because in a positive situation when you're winning you're sitting at that table for eight hours yes yeah. you're there forever yes, when yeah. i was single like i was going there all the time and not it's so much better to not be go i was going too much and right. but but playing tournaments i was like my chance of losing it's a hundred dollar buying tournament my chances of losing more than a hundred dollars are none unless right. i stick around right but right. i would always be so sick of playing poker after playing for six hours yeah like and if you bust out of a a tournament that's not like at a friend's house you're like okay the silver lining is i'm getting in my fucking car and getting out of i don't oh yeah because if i go sit down to cash game there's no chance i play good after busting out of a tournament like late in the day right if i bust out early i just want to see more hands and play i might do it right 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 but if you bust out late you're like now you're playing with like a vengeance or something like that and also, I was like so impatient. I wanted, I want, I wanted to play more hands. Like I just didn't. Want, and <laughs> in a tournament, you can like, there's like styles you can develop that don't that where you can play more hands profitably. But in a cash game, if you play a lot of hands in the long run, you're someone's lo- just sitting there playing their top ten percent of hands. They'll you're gonna, beat you. Yeah, you're if you're, you're playing at a table with nine races, other guys who are playing their games. ten. If yeah. you're, you're playing with nine other guys who are all playing their 10% hands and you're playing, the more hands you play, the worse you do. But in a tournament, if you're waiting for the top 10% of hands, you're going to run out of time because right, you're going right. to blind off because the blinds go up. So you have to play more. You have to chase something. So you, you, yeah, you just Simple. have to be more aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, or, or like, what do you, what is it called that you do when you're real aggressive before the flop comes out? Oh, when I just re-raise before the flop? Yeah, is that called like... Pre-flop raise? Pre-flop raise or blind stealing or something like... Oh, stealing blinds? Stealing blinds. Yeah. Is that help more in a tournament when the blinds go up? You can like That really doesn't matter in a cash game as much. I mean, it matters a little bit, I guess, if you're just trying to annoy people. But (laughs) in a tournament, yeah, you you might be in a situation where stealing the blinds increases your chip stack by like 20%. Right, right, Just for raising with any two cards because it's folded around to you and you're on the dealer button or something. Oh, yeah, because of... All right, so... I know we're jumping around a lot here, but uh, table position is something I never that never even registered as important until I started playing. It's like the first thing that all the poker books like. If you like read whatever Super System, which was like Doyle Brunson's big poker book, it's all about like just punishing people in position, like just playing pots in position because you're the last to act. You have all the information, and you can bluff people more easily so you know like what everyone's willing to bet because you've seen what they all put out you know who's in yeah and you can also decide not to bluff you have all you have more information than anyone's going to have to make a decision if right. you're on the dealer button. so is that, that that's the spot you want to be yes it's position wise post flop it's the best spot to be because it's always going to you're always going to be the last to act on each street of betting oh okay okay yeah. and that's why it's that's why it's important the later in the rotation like the later uh you get to act then the more freedom you have to like play different kinds of hands like if you're gonna you know because you could put out you could if you play early and then everyone else uh re-raises you you're like fuck i guess they have strong hands but if you're last and you see two people re-raise you could assume that they have strong hands well you could also that's like i'm very much simplifying you can also think about it like this if you're raising from first position and there's nine other players in the game and even if they're all very tight and all playing the top 10 percent of hands you know, or only 10% of the time will they get a premium hand to play with you. There's going to be, there's a 90% chance that that will happen because there's nine people right. who are all taking that. So you 
are almost certain to run. Like if you're raising an early position without a good hand, then there's no real reason to do it because you're always going to get called by bigger hands. Right. Or very often you're going to get called by bigger hands. It's also that feeling when like just nobody's betting and like three cards have come down and every time it comes around to you and there's no one behind you, you're like, I guess I just put some money in because it seems like they're just going to give it to me. Right. Yeah, or that's they, right. They're you just know? either going to fold or someone is just waiting. Or they've been hiding and then that's when you find them. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then they call and you're like, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, he's yeah. got it. All right. right. Like if there's three people in the pot or something, if like someone raises and then there's like two callers and you're one of them and you're like, you ha- you're the last to act and then the flop comes down and they both check, you can kind of bet with whatever you have because they probably you're assuming they didn't make something especially if someone raised and then checked on a flop a lot of times that means they missed and are already giving up yeah, on a hand yeah. or something you know oh see maybe the main reason i wanted to have this podcast was to just pick your brains about poker without <laughs> without, without, without under the auspices of like yeah we can plug whatever you guys want to put your twitter handles up there fine but oh, yeah I have fucking i have like 50 questions because i need to start winning I, just, <laughs> I need to start winning uh, oh god you want co- this is a coaching session <laughs> yeah, yeah like a poker coaching i don't feel qualified Trust me, you've seen me play. I, I could use uh, any any bit of information. So see, that's I don't know what other people's actions mean beyond the base level of like he's raising, he has something good, or he wants me to think he has something good, or he wants me to think that he I think he has something good. Well, see, that's what that's where. Well, you're so polarized in your mind. There, right, there's right. no. I, I think that the like the thing every poker book I read was like the first thing was like always that you have to like play in position and you just have to like take uh remember other hands you've played with specific players and i was always like i'm not gonna remember that just like when it was like know how much money's in the pot always i was like i'm never gonna i'm never gonna add up the pot on every suit but then it's like you just get used to it if you're just actually following the action a lot you just get yeah, used to adding up the math because like, i've noticed that a lot where people are like bet the pot or like i'm calling and uh, they're like, how much is in there? And like four people that they were like $34. I'm like, wait a minute. Am I the only one? Am I doing something wrong? But if everyone's like, yeah, it's 34. Actually, no, that's 33. It's like, and yeah. then everyone lines it up and it's like 33. I'm like, Jesus Christ. I'm sitting here going, I don't know, six? Like I'm throwing out money and I'm realizing like I'm sitting at uh, like swimming. But in you're also sh- playing in a game too. Like if you watch people playing against each other, like a lot of us have played a lot of hands with each other too. Like I played more hands with Sean than probably anybody else in my life right right uh i've and then like everyone else too like we've played enough games together that like you can really be like well two games ago you were doing this type of thing with this type of hand i i feel like you're probably doing the same thing here you know like you can kind of piece it together but when someone's really new to a table and you're like if it's weird, it's weird to watch if you're at a table of good players and someone sits down and they're new a lot of people will like they'll tighten up because you want to see how this person yeah plays. You, you don't know they're like when we're sitting at a table it's like oh dom i know you're just big dogging us and i know what you're going i've seen you do this move before it's got to be what you're doing again or like sean you're you're being way too chill it's got to be like, <laughs> <laughs> that's not a good <laughs> sean you're being chill what i'm just being chill <laughs> hey i'm a chill guy don't read into it john Sean's always chill when he has a big hand yeah. Could you imagine seeing Sean I'm excited? So chilled out. <laughs> imagine Sean trying to How suppress much was the bet, Sean? excitement. Sean's like, <laughs> I couldn't even imagine Sean trying to act like like trying to not to be excited in a situation would be such a fun. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the other thing yeah. that I just that's the thing that I just started like trying to like look into more is like physical tells and stuff because yeah. it's like something that I feel like when I was playing in certain tournaments. I feel like there's certain situations where people made decisions that must have been based off of a like physical read or yeah. like timing tell, like how long I took to bet or something. Uh, and so I've started to like pay attention more to 
like what I'm giving off. Oh, so you're not maybe not picking up on other people's tells, but you're being well, more learning self-aware about, what about your tells. It's just being observant and noticing when like it's been it's more about trying to do it the same way every time, every decision trying to take a similar amount of time to think. If you check, watch the final about. table like at the main event, like you'll see the pros, a lot of them have a ritual with which they put yes. out their chips. And so they'll do like three things before they put out chips for a bet so that they never do it too fast or too slow. It's like I make a stack here, I move it over here, I put my hands at my side, and then I put the chips in. And so it's just so that, like, so that it's mechanical, and you can't ever be like, well, why did he, like, shove him in right away? Like, or why did he, like, oh, wait wow. so long before he made his Because bet? it's not worth doing reverse tells where I'm, like, putting it in there super strong to make you think I'm weak, or because then... <laughs> You'll either figure it out or you might just take it at face value. Like, it's hard for me to know how you'll interpret it. Right, but if right. I do something the same way every time, and that's why they wear sunglasses and hat. There's just, because there's like, I mean, there's people who do, there's like tells about your like carotid artery, like, right, like you going like, crazy. So that's why dudes wear collars up and shit like that. And no one's touching the face. Because it's, it's hard when there's a lot of money in a pot. Even in like a friendly house game, it's hard when there's a lot of money in a pot. I can notice myself when I have like a very good hand and someone's betting into me. I notice like when I go to grab my chips, I'm like, whoa, my hand is moving way more than I ever thought it would. It's like a little shaky. And then I'm like, okay. You know, like, and I'm like, I don't even care that much. But your body can just... Even just how long it wait, you wait to like, if it's like the action's on you and you immediately check, that says a lot more about your hand than if you take four seconds and right, then check. Right, right, right. Because right. then it's like, okay, he didn't have much of a decision to make. He just checked immediately. So that means he's probably not super strong. You know, or is probably yeah. what you know, uh, which is like, uh, like when that always happens at the flop. When some like five guys quick check, we're just like, all right, yeah, we just want to see one more. Everyone yeah. just wants to see one more card. Let's just mm-hmm. don't be a dick. Yeah. and then that's where Dom goes, ten, and everyone's like, <laughs> fine. I'm out. <laughs> the fucking uh, Johnny Blind Thief over there. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. it's it's uh, yeah. If I'm paying attention, I'm doing it the same like the same way every time. But I don't pay. I don't in that home game because I don't care. But if I'm doing it tournament where like there was just a couple of decisions that people made against me that i was like i don't think i think that i was giving something off uh, yeah. yeah it'd be weird if you were like trying to get tells on people in the home game like it would be well and it's just like it's never a specific one-to-one thing it's just like how comfortable are you like and there's like ways that people purse their lips and shit right, like that, right, that, yeah. that that mean different levels of satisfaction and yeah. it's really like i guess there could be a chance where like some people claim to have big oh there was one in vegas i we convinced a guy that i had a tell on him oh that was <laughs> oh, amazing you guys were t- at Sean's yeah. match, you guys were telling we me about played this. poker at the it was at the mgm <laughs> grand right or no the mandalay bay uh, rather. yeah mandalay it was bay, at the yeah. mandalay bay which was a really depressing <laughs> poker corner and it was late at night yeah and i think it was like my idea and it was so depressed and i was glad that sean won money in that game because otherwise it was miserable for everybody <laughs> Like not other not otherwise it would have been, but otherwise it was like everyone lost money there. I was there till like four a.m. It wasn't the best situation no. to gamble in. Yeah, yeah. No, but uh, this guy was like sitting down at the table, very kind of broy, chatty, like table captain type guy, and was talking strategy and certain. So like he wanted to kind of uh, put give off this knowledge of poker, Ugh. and so and he was like great. You know, he seemed to kind of know what he was doing. He wasn't playing super bad, but he was like getting frustrated when his hands didn't hit or whatever and there was one hand against me where i forget it doesn't really matter the action i guess but i bet out on one street and then he called and then i was done with the hand because i just had absolutely nothing so uh and then the river came and he looked at it for a second and then he put out a bet and then i just fo- immediately folded and i said nah nah man i can't do it no nah, you're too strong or whatever just well it was actually it was like there had been 
two eights out. That's right. The and eight and so right. and so the eight paired and like the guy called him and the guy bet and he was like, I can't get you to play. And Dom goes, No, man, you have an eight. And the guy oh. got shook to his core. Oh. He was like, how oh. does he know I have it? And just like, and he just was like, huh, really? Yeah, you got to tell on me? And just started wigging out. And then as we like played a couple more hands and then Dom made like another good fold against him. And then he just started being like, what is it, man? I mean, what? what oh, what, he was how? offering you money, right? Yeah. And then at a certain point in the night, he goes, like, he was like, hey, man, I'm going to leave in a couple hands. I'll give you $20 to tell me what the tell is you have on me. And I didn't have anything, and I should have made something up, but I just didn't. Like, the the cooler version of me, I'm just like, dude, your fucking eye goes crazy. Or yeah. some, just put him in his head about some So did you behavior. tell him, I'm not telling you, or did you say, I'm just I said I was messing. I was yeah, kidding. Yeah. I mean, I guess I called his hand because right? he had trip eights. I, didn't, I definitely wasn't. But I was folding because I had nothing. If I had had an actual decision, if I had had a two-pair hand, I would have called. Right. But, but in didn't. reality, you seeing those eights on the board and then seeing someone excited to bet... If you can tell that they're excited, you could assume that they just tripped up, right? I mean, I that can tripled up. Yeah, I mean, on that on it's a board a, like that, yeah. if he was pretty much seemed content to like check call all streets, and then when people get suddenly excited on the river, right, it's pretty polarizing. <laughs> it's pretty like obvious. it either means well, people sometimes will make it to the river with absolutely nothing, and then go, oh shit. I have to if I I have to bet the full pot to win or something. Right, like I cha- so, I chased something, didn't get it. Now I'm here at the end. This other guy maybe has something. I got to scare him away. So in my experience, when people bomb the river, it's, or they or they made their full house yeah, or something. Right, yeah. So it's like it's either a bluff or it's a strong made hand. Right, right. But, All right. So uh, let's talk a little bit about because we we just kind of said that the Mandalay Bay uh, room is a little sketchy. So let's get a little bit for like proper advice if we. If you were recommending someone to go play poker, like where's your, where, like I'll just say instead of recommending, where's your favorite poker room? What's your favorite? Are you talking room? about in Los Angeles? I guess let's say Los Angeles or Las Vegas if you have a room. I mean, the Vegas, Vegas poker rooms are nicer. Which casino do you like to play the most at in Vegas, I guess is what The I'm Aria talking. and Bellagio are the two that I've played cards at. The Bellagio I've played at more. Is I it guess. because they're just two of the nicer casinos in general? Well, they cater to poker too. Like a lot of the casinos have their poker room be like three tables, four tables in a corner. That Bellagio it looks and like, Aria. It looks like a diner from outside. You know, like there's like yeah. the open window on the It's side. like who wants to play poker with this old man? <laughs> yeah. And you know, uh, it's like a dark back room. And there's also some of them where there's only like two tables, and you get the sense that everyone knows each other. And oh. Like, yeah, they're all Vegas locals. Uh, yeah, and, and you're, you're like, like oh, you sit no, down. Yeah. They're just gonna take my money. They're not gonna take it from each yeah, other. Yeah, when I played it. Um, the hard rock like a couple months ago and it was like there's only like two tables and every single person knew everyone else and they all knew the whole staff and it was just like oh okay they're gonna just like, take money from the 10th guy yeah, that sits down. do this all day you know like yeah. um and but the bellagio is very nice it's very comfy yeah comfy chairs like it's well because those are the high stakes room like there and the aria where the big games happen and so they have all different stakes uh, like there's so, one like, two that's what all I like the way to, up to like yeah they have one two they have a, like a three five game I think they have, I'm sure they have like a ten twenty game and a we five saw nine. Gus Hansen there yeah we saw Gus Hansen there who's a there's like a and a room right. inside the room face Chinese on a table yeah this dude this dude who's like a huge like crazy gambler poker player uh, was just in there playing on some like random a brilliant, Friday like, night class backgammon and like poker players won a bunch of tournaments and yeah he was just in there playing we walked playing by playing open face Chinese he was playing open that's like a big game all these poker pros are playing now which is open face Chinese poker which is like it's just a game where you play a certain amount per point and then you 
Do you know Chinese at all? It's kind of hard the to language explain. Or the but you get. Do you, I'm going to explain this game to you in Chinese. Do you know Chinese? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dom just speaks fluent Mandarin for like five minutes at the tail end of this podcast. We have no idea what's going on. We're like, okay, so ding ah, see you I'm like, what? Well, I was just about to say, Dom, why don't you speak some Chinese right now? I'm sure it won't sound racist if you continue the bit. But, but Gabrus was way out in front meal. of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't worry. I'm diving in front of racist bullets for my friends on a daily basis. No, but you get. You need you, someone to say big nose Jew joke. Here comes Uncle Gabrus. But so, so I mean, it, it's kind of a complicated game to explain. But Chinese is basically a game where you get thirteen cards, and then they're dealt face up in front of you one at a time. And you're trying to make three different hands. You're trying to make a three card hand, a five card hand, and a five card hand. And you're supposed to order them. Your three card hand's supposed to be your worst hand. Then your second five card hand is your second strongest, and then your five card hand in the back is your strongest hand. And then the person you're playing against, you compare hands, and like certain, like a straight is worth a certain amount of points, a flush is worth a certain amount of points, and you play for X amount of dollars a point, and then you just keep dealing hands until the end of the night, until you're done playing. There's also a variation too, where like you make your worst hand. And you're like you you make one hand your worst five card hand, and then you make your best three card hand and your best five card hand. Uh, okay, yes, yeah. that's just maybe regular Chinese. Yes, that's not open, open face Chinese. Face, yes, that's, that's right. it gets dealt yeah. to you. But they're down. the same fundamental game, just two different variants of it. Uh, but it's so he's just playing that a game that the casino doesn't deal unless you're like we're gonna play for ten thousand dollars a point and you can sit out or whatever they were doing, whatever nonsense. And you could just take whatever monster rake you're gonna. Yeah, make they're gonna that, take yeah. some rake and yeah, I'll just deal Chinese to you guys. That just reminds me. I just read this like. Not too long ago, I read an article about some guy, these like super high-end gamblers, like super whales, that can get the casino to change the rules of blackjack. Oh, like, yeah. Like, yeah, that's like... like People they, negotiate that. Like the high-end blackjack players, they just... They don't like, go look, and sit down at a table. They go like, all right, here's... I'll play blackjack if you allow me yeah, that. Like, I'm going to buy in for $200,000. I'll play $10,000 hands. Yes. But I need 21 pushes. Like, you know, it's like a uh, dealer must hit on a seven... Like, they can yeah. like edge like the things a little bit in their favor. And then those guys can just minimize their... Like, like I was like, that's... That's the... Most accurate representation of like the rich just keep getting rich. Did you like, you could the- be so rich that you change the like you could tell a casino to go, hey, make it easier for me to win. <laughs> what's what's the deal with blackjack paying six to five now? That is such. They were they making not enough making money. Enough money. Exactly. Yeah. No, that drives me. Who was eating into their blackjack profit? Like, how was that working? The three to two was killing them. It's like <laughs> the only fun thing is you hit. Now you hit blackjack and they just pay you out and then they give you like two ones. Yeah, and then you get, you get like that <laughs> silver dollar on the top. Like, like the tip. Fuck oh. me. Yeah. I, I, exactly. You know, I'm gonna just give this back to you. I'm gonna give it to the waitress. I hate that shit. And as much as I like to play the blackjack that has like the little weird kicker, that. Oh, yeah. th- it's hard to find a table that doesn't have a weird kicker anymore. Yeah, they're all that doesn't have like a dollar for pairs the or perfect dollar. pairs. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. my favorite the one in New oh, Zealand. Gotta love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you were talking about the guy negotiating his blackjack terms, do you know about Phil Ivey, who's like this big famous poker player? Right. Oh, uh, he was maybe one of the dudes name dropped in it because he does. Well, he okay. So he here's what his thing was. He went to a London casino and gambled baccarat, and he but he was like doing it super high stakes and he negotiated terms. He goes, "I want a, I believe it was Chinese uh, uh, dealer." And he, was, he goes, and I want my girlfriend, who's, I believe, also Chinese, to be there with me. Uh, I think that's good luck. And, I, uh, and you have to use these decks, these types of decks that you already kind of use in your casino. And, uh, and so that's what it, And so basically, when this woman would deal, she was being, like, his girlfriend was telling her to, like, 
turn like she was turning the cards there's some way in which he could see by the edges of the cards phil ivy apparently has like eyes like he can see imperfections in cards right he he has and like so fucking sherlock he's Holmes just vision. that's just something yeah. he can do with his <laughs> eyes and mind and focus and he's like saw that if he could see what the edges were going to be so he knew sometimes what the next card was going to be or whether or not the deck was hot or cold. i don't really know how to play that game those are like the two casino so, games i don't know is baccarat and pie and down. he won like seven million dollars and they found out about it that it's called edge sorting is the name of the thing if you look up phil ivy edge sorting that's what it is and it's uh uh and so they sued him and he basically went to court with the argument of yes that's what i did but, but these are terms i negotiated with them like they they were agreed to deal it the specific way that i wanted that i said was lucky that was giving me an advantage over them but they lucky. didn't know it <laughs> yeah. he's like they do this to everybody on every day like Give them it's an so hard like, to be on the casino side when anybody wins. Even like any time you hear about yeah. somebody like you know the cleaning up at blackjack, card counting, and having a system for that, it's like yeah, but they're still just like playing with your cards in your house, right? Like, right? Right? And it's like yeah. there, there's enough people not doing. They that. didn't bring an outside <laughs> element to the game. They right. just they just understood it in a way that they could like because it's like because card counting isn't technically illegal. They can no, just they just like, like we don't want you. Yeah, they just count. throw you out. They're like you know you can't I tried come to in learn here. card counting. You did? I, I downloaded an. I app. was just about to say, Dom. I can't believe you don't. No. And I actually might believe that you do, and you say you don't, so that you could use that somehow <laughs> in poker. No, I downloaded the app, and I spent like a weekend like playing with it to learn it. And I was just like, I gave up. I mean, I could probably memorize it, but then it's also like you have to be sitting at the table counting cards, but not making it look like you're counting cards. And then you also have to learn the betting systems to like, right. You have to like, but even then it's just betting when the deck is hotter. And then yes. they have ways to beat that now, too, because then you, like, sit down and you're shuffle like, oh, wait, machines. this is only double deck or this is shuffle machine. There's, like, all kinds of weird things, and you're like, I was oh, like, I just don't, there's no, I don't, I don't know why I'm trying to learn how to beat blackjack. I don't think I can beat it. Right, right, right. It, it seems, un, it seems not worth it. It seems yes. like just keep getting better at poker. Like, that's what, I play craps, and there's, like, no way you can, like, really, you, it's just a matter of, like, I hope my number comes up. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> roulette, I like to play roulette, and that is the same thing where yeah. it's like that's just totally like there's a little bit of systems and how to hedge your bets with right. where you place your I chips but basically you're like but not one that beats roulette right like I have, a, I, have a, I have a crap system that works when they're not hitting sevens yeah. <laughs> like, like my crap system is nearly foolproof if they're not hitting sevens but I think I have yeah. a system that like may, like I get to keep I get to stick around for a while on a on one chunk of money and then if I hit my like area or number I hit pretty good yeah yeah. But then otherwise I'm just losing. Right, but and that's <laughs> yeah. what you're describing is just like like that's like hedging your bets. Yeah, that's exactly. What like, about. It's right, right. Yeah, it's, it's not. A, people are always like, I got this great blackjack system. It's like, what is it? it's like? I split eights. If deal is showing a five, I always stay. You're like, oh, you're just describing strategy. You buy the card at the airport. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like though. Sometimes I, I like I was at the SLS and I was pretty wasted, and I was like, what should I do? And the dealer's like. Yeah, the dealers like they'll tell you. They straight up tell you. They're like, that's what's so funny is when I didn't understand that the first time. I the first time I gambled, I can't believe I brought this up. Was the first time I played poker was in Vegas when we worked on the video game awards. No way. And and, uh, was that your first? That wasn't your first time in a casino though, right? Yeah, yeah. 
First time in stepping. I mean, no, I walked through a casino in Tunica because I did a show there, but right, I, never, right. like, I never spent any time. Dom saw me at my degenerate like 7 a.m. Uh, through the night. My experience was I, it was like, and we had talked about how like earlier in the day, like the worst is when I'm going to the ATM at 4 a.m. and I like know I'm doing it, but I'm like, well, this is just what I, and so anyway, it was like five o'clock in the morning. I was like really drunk and I was like down. I had just played blackjack and I was like up and down. I don't remember if I won that night, but I was like, I'm going to walk back. And so I I start walking back and I see you literally walking to the ATM and I was like, Gabrus, and you turn and just half acknowledge me. And then I was like, Hey dude, I'm walking back. And you're like, I right, meant see you later. See you tomorrow. Whatever. And I was like, do you want to walk back? It's like, we might, it's like five in the morning. You're like, no nah, man, I'm good. And I was like, you sure? And you were like, yeah, man. And like, I'm no, like you're pushing this. And then I was like, all right. Yeah. And I you just saw me back. in the shame of like, look, I just go to bed. One time I was in a, uh, Bahamas and I was playing craps and I was on a heater and I was having fun. And Eric Scott was there, a mutual friend, sure. a mutual person we know. And, uh, he, uh, I, 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 I've hung out with him a few times, but he was in the Bahamas at the same time as when we hung out like for five nights in a row. And he's a drinker and a gambler. So we had a absolute riot together. My mom comes down to go get breakfast. <laughs> She's like, Jonathan. And I'm just standing at the table drinking ja- double Jameson on the rocks with Eric. And we're rolling dice and screaming. And my mom's like, Jonathan. I'm like, Mom, what are you doing up? She's like, I'm going to breakfast. And then Eric's like, fuck, I have to get to like play golf with his dad that day. It's so, like both of us were like, no, we're oh, fucked right now. <laughs> and it just happens so easily. You're like, all right, one more hour. That's brutal. That's really brutal. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't win, unfortunately, on that run. Uh, guys, we should wrap this up pretty soon. Although I can okay. talk about gambling all day. Uh, we're gonna, uh, when we get off mic, I'm going to ask even more poker Great. strategy. <laughs> okay, that's fine. <laughs> I'm going to go into like a poker training montage that's like the most uh, like not sh- fit for film training montage. We're just like, okay, position. Uh-huh. <laughs> position? Doesn't cut together yes. that exciting. <laughs> you should learn some of the math. Yeah, <laughs> or this is gonna be just like me, you, and Sean are gonna play like three handed, and you're just gonna like lose a hundred dollars and get mad. Yeah, I'm like, got it. Now I know. Gabrus, do you have any tips for people on how to talk to dealers at table games? I feel like you always have a good rapport with. Oh yeah, I mean this could just be a helpful because I had I had heard about you at casinos. I think even when I lived in New York, that you were like just a real force at those places. And now and then I saw it when we were all in Vegas together that you just really seem to make friends with the staff very easily. I what is to, it? I talk to the dealers the same way I talk to my friends, which is sort of dismissive and uh, cutting, but at, out of love. And I just, if I'm gonna lose five hundred dollars to a dealer, I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking tear a new one when it comes down. <laughs> but I'm not mean. I'm just like. I think the one you're, the woman's like, I'm going to go on break now. I'm like, well, enjoy staring at a fucking wall in the back room for 15 minutes. And everyone's like, whoa. I was like, yeah, you're right. That was rude. It, I, like, my childhood best friend is this dude, Sanford, and we get, he's a big-time gambler, too. And we roll CeeLo, and we're obnoxious when we roll CeeLo. We're like, motherfucker, get out of this game. You got nothing. And then we went to Trump Marina together with my parents, and we went on a heater on the roulette table. We weren't even playing craps yet at this point. We uh, we went and we went on here, and 
we just acted like we thought you were supposed like we acted like gangsters would act betting thousands of dollars but we had like no more than thirty dollars out there on a spin we're like got the dirty does bet on the does let's go let me see that black for once in her life can you spin the fucking wheel and get a black for us baby you know we're just (laughs) two two 23 year old kids talking like a 50 year old korean woman like listen mama if you don't hit a fucking 10 soon Papa's going to bed, you know, just like being the most, and it started when I was like 22, and now I just act that same fucking way all the way through. <laughs> I think it just makes for more excitement for me, too. I just kind of like, it's like more to fun. Like a it's more so fun, fun for me to be at the table with you. I was just in Vegas without you, and and I just really felt your absence. <laughs> but I'm just sort of talking to you going like, I hope I get a six. <laughs> ah. me, me and Joey Spellman, uh, we ran the craps table at, oh, so going back real quick to saying like the thing that sucks most about gambling is being in a casino i that's why i love poolside craps tables mm-hmm. it ta- gets you some fresh air gets you outside sometimes and you could be in flip-flops and a tank top and just rolling dice and then the rules are even looser during the day if you're drinking like a miller light tall boy in a tank top and me and joey went on a run and we were like he had like a yankees t-shirt on i had like a cut off tank top we just looked like the most fucking long island douches uh. ever and we had a f- we were like giambi we just yelled like yankees specifics and like italian names we were like super shot like rolling the dice <laughs> and he was literally laughing so hard that he was like hiccuping and i got like worried that i thought i was gonna watch him like fucking belushi right in front of me i was like hey, let's put your drink down joe let's hang out for a little bit <laughs> god uh so that's my advice i'll do a whole uh i'll do a whole nother podcast about how to treat dealer people that please yeah. do i could use some help <laughs> well you saw you saw how i started talking to people at the table game on my first week there i didn't even know anybody that's true <laughs> i was like sit the fuck down Luis. <laughs> <laughs> Luis can handle it <laughs> yeah he's the best. he's good at that um so dom and sean any, anything you guys uh anything you guys want to plug here on, I mean, on our I'll, Twitter I'll, handles. I'll, 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 yeah, I'm on Twitter at Dominic Turkis. <laughs> so give that. Uh, I also, uh, yeah, also Sean, I write for the Grinder. Check out the uh, Grinder with uh, Rob Tuesday Lowe. at 8:30. Please oh. watch that show. Uh, I watched the first two episodes. I find it very funny, and it's there should be a new one on. Uh, is the third one come out yet? Third no. one's next Tuesday. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, we, I have no idea when this episode's coming out. We're doing okay. them once a week. <laughs> once a week, every. Tuesday. Oh, you're doing the once a week thing? Yeah, That's with smart. this yeah. with this show, we're trying it, and then. Um, <laughs> Uh, I guess I'm at Sean Clements on Twitter, but uh, more importantly, please, podcast fans, listen to Hollywood Handbook. John's been on it a couple times. Guys, Dom's been on it a couple times. It's great show, it. yeah. His co-host Hayes, we know as well. Hayes, yes. another dude. poker player as well. If yes, you're into this, yes. Just yes. For the Hayes poker is reasons. good. Yeah, definitely check out Hollywood Handbook. Uh, watch the Grinder. Follow these guys on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at John Gabris with no H's. Um, in no H in John or in Gabrus. Uh, if you know, if you don't know that, Gabrus without an H. There's no H's. <laughs> I don't in know any if I've our, seen that. There's no, no H's in any of our but, names. Yeah, you can just you can. Oh just go yeah, and put that's good. No that's H, Sean yeah. with no H. Yeah. Um, uh, High and Mighty has a couple of H's. Uh, just so you're not stressed about that. Thanks to Spreaker for hosting. Thanks to Three our sponsors. <laughs> Name drop. Thanks to uh, thanks to uh, our sponsors for sponsoring. Thanks to Chris. Thanks to Headgum. Thanks to all this shit. Uh, and come in next Thursday for another new episode of High and Mighty. Thank you, shitheads. That was a HeadGum Podcast.